Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Paul's Podcast. This week on the show, we've got none other than magnificent Mike Zander. Mike Zander has been across the country and has also had time in the United States where he has really come to in his own as a professional wrestler, a sports entertainer, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's interesting to hear Mike's story here today. Also, the belief that so many people have had in him and given him so many opportunities um, to really make it in this business. And I think he's going to be a superstar to watch. I think he's going to be in a main event spotlight um, going forward for a long time. He's putting in the time. He's putting in the effort. Even in this lockdown period, he's still training, still trying to get better. Uh, so, yeah, it's a fun interview that I had with him. He's a great guy and... Um, I think he's, uh, again, like I said, he's going to go places and he speaks highly of so many other people. And I think that passion and respect for the business uh, will take him a long way as well. But uh, let's get into what's on my mind right now. It's a sad time in the world, but especially for the world of professional wrestling. And this week it was really hard as well for WWE uh, releasing several superstars in what they call... Uh, or they were calling or, or sort of alluding as budget cuts under the circumstances. Uh, we can go into that debate of whether or not it, it really is the case because WWE is still very lucrative, a lot of money still being made, still got big TV deals. We know they are losing out on certain things like live event gates and ticket sales and so forth, but they're st uh, still making a lot of money. Um, but the, the list of superstars who have been released from WWE include Drake Maverick, Kurt Hawkins, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Heath Slater... Aiden English, Eric Young, EC3, Leo Rush, Kurt Angle, Sarah Logan, longtime WWE referee, 30 plus years in the uh, in WWE, Mike Chioda, Primo and Epico Cologne, Rowan, Mike and Maria Canellis, Zack Ryder, No Way Jose, Rusev, Diana Perazzo, and Alexander uh, Jaxic. Uh, those last two, of course, part of NXT. Uh, and those are just some of the names that have been released from WWE. There's been writers and agents like Finley uh, also been released by WWE. It just shows you how seriously they are starting to take this now, I guess, in terms of these releases and so forth. Trying to, uh, I guess, save up money uh, in terms of contracts. A lot of them were released, and then there were uh, the agents and, and so forth, and the trainers and the performance center that were for long, meaning that uh, once this sort of all clears up, they may very well just come back to work again. But they obviously are not going to be paid during this time, and that's a big problem for them. Uh, they've got families and things that they need to take care of. So, yeah, uh, my thoughts are with all of them. A lot of superstars have been putting out uh, emotional responses on, on social media. Drake Maverick. Uh, Maria Canella said a great uh, thing. If you uh, follow Maria on Instagram, uh, she just had a really positive uh, spin on things. Um, and where do these guys get picked up? Uh, AW, uh, AEW, excuse me, uh, obviously would pick up some of the superstars, but again, with their business being down right now, they may not be able to afford them either. Um, but I definitely think one or two of them will definitely be picked up by AEW um, going forward. But again, this this pandemic is really just changing sports entertainment and then the entertainment industry and, and the world. Um, it, it's crazy. WWE, of course, uh, did uh, become an essential service in the state of Florida, allowing them to continue to do business. Um, and of course, Money in the Bank is the next pay-per-view pit stop for WWE. We found out uh, yesterday that uh, WWE will now be doing the Money in the Bank matches in a, in a very unique format. Um, again, I think it speaks to the uh, empty arena thing, and they've sort of been doing a lot of cinematic matches, if that makes sense, like the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match and so on. Uh, now Money in the Bank will be taking place at WWE's headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, they'll start at the bottom uh, on the ground floor, and the, the briefcases will be on the very top floor. Um, yeah, interesting matchup. Um, we'll see how they, they play it out. Um, if it's done well, it could be interesting. Uh, I just don't think having six people in this situation, it's just, I kind of feel like it has the potential to be like those old hardcore matches where it's just a pandemonium craziness all over the place. So, so but we'll see. We'll see if it's done correctly and done well. It could be really awesome. Um, if not, it's going to really suck. Um, and remember, the Money in the Bank winner will get an opportunity at his or her championship for uh, one year that can be cashed in at any point in time. 
Uh, we've seen some historic moments and some memorable moments take place. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins come to mind. Edge, of course, the first cash-in of Money in the Bank comes to mind as well. So we'll see how it all pans out for the Money in the Bank matches. Uh, we've got some people who have already qualified for the matchup. Uh, of course, uh, this past week on Monday Night Raw, the women started qualifying for the matchup. Nia Jax, Asuka um, already qualifying for the matchup. Uh, so I was on SmackDown uh, last night. Daniel Bryan and Dana Brooke have qualified. Men's qualifiers for Monday Night Raw take place this upcoming week. So we'll look forward to seeing how that one plans out as well. Um, so yeah, Money in the Bank starting to take shape. We also know that uh, Bray Wyatt will take on uh, the uh, Monster Among Men, the Universal Champion Braun Strowman for the title. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to see. And then, of course, we now also know that the women's title on SmackDown will be on Linus Tamina will challenge Bayley for the championship. So Money in the Bank starting to take shape. Um, and yeah, of course, we also sort of learned that it will be uh, Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. So it, it could be a nice pay-per-view. Um, but again, under the circumstances, um, yeah, I don't know how nice these pay-per-views are. We don't know how long it's still going to pro be prolonged. I mean, even if uh, circumstances sort of lift, Will there will they still be able to have audiences there for a while? Um, you know, so yeah, we need a vaccine or something for this uh, and for life to be able to go back to normal. But uh, well, we'll see what happens uh, as we move forward here uh, towards Money the Bank. AEW's uh, shows still continuing as well. Uh, great empty arena matchup uh, with Jim Ross on commentary this past week between Jake Hager and uh, John Moxley. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here. They're also busy with the tournament for the TNT Championship. Uh, so, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there and, and who walks out with a title there. Um, great to see uh, Dasha on uh, ring announcing duties there. Uh, she was someone who was in WWE and felt like she was sort of suppressed a bit and, and sort of robotic. And great to see her uh, out there as a ring announcer now while Justin Roberts is at a home uh, being able to sort of fill in and uh, yeah great to see what is going down there as well and again we'll look to see what superstars AEW picks up uh, from the WWE release um, then another sad story yesterday we heard news that WWE Hall of Famer and uh, if, if you're an announcer a ring announcer in specific and, and this guy's not along, uh, among your idols list and then there's uh, bigger problems uh, Howard the Fink Finkel passed away uh, we know how his health had deteriorated I still don't know exactly the cause of death there but obviously one can sort of uh, make up a conclusion already based on my first statement there um, Fink sort of was the guy who brought the and new um, into being when uh, new champions were crowned uh, something that I as an announcer as well use um, yeah, so a really sad day. He was WWE's first employee. Uh, he was also the first tenured tenured employee with WWE. Um, he might be the only one. I, 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 I might be wrong, but as far as I know, he's the only tenured superstar or, or employee, I should say, with WWE. And, of course, uh, the first employee with WWE. He also came up with the name WrestleMania. Can you imagine? Now, does he? If only he had trademarked the name, man, oh man, he'd be getting royalties from Vince McMahon like crazy coming up with that name. And of course, Pat Patterson, we know, came up with the Royal Rumble gimmick. Um, so yeah, yeah, those two could have been really um, big names. Um, yeah, Howard Finkel uh, was a really great announcer, um, but it was he wasn't afraid to show his personality and, and be in the fun side of the or the entertainment side of the business as he often uh, formed part of skits and things. Um, I remember he had a sort of a, I don't know if we kind of called it a match, but with uh, Lillian and some of the girls, um, he used to come out and dance. He was part of uh, the Bushwhackers and so forth. So Fink, yeah, he was just a fantastic guy. Everybody who knew him personally has just said great things about him. I've never heard a, a, a bad word. Uh, and then I saw something this morning on social media uh, from Vicky Guerrero where uh, Howard actually traveled with the late uh, Eddie Guerrero after he had passed because he didn't want Eddie to, to be transported home alone. That's just That just blew my mind, honestly, to hear that he did that. Um, Howard Finkel, uh, just a great human being, and, and he'll be missing his, his legacy 
will live on forever. If you don't know him, please just go check out some of the older matches online or in the WWE Network, wherever you can find it. Um, yeah, Howard Finkel, a legend in our business and another sad one uh, during this sad time in, in uh, the sports entertainment world. But uh, going on to the more positive right now, I've got Mike Zander on deck for all of you guys. And of course, there will be a new episode coming out in the next couple of days as well. We're going to do this as much as possible, if not more than once a week, at least once a week during this lockdown period. I'm going to try and have these shows out for you guys. It is a bit challenging, but it's also a bit easier for me with a lot of guys being available, not being on the road and things like that. They're at home and and they'd love to do these podcasts. And I've been so grateful to all the superstars who have come on. Also, if you're listening to this on Saturday, happy birthday to the ring announcer for Slam Force Africa, Devin. Devin Kerr's birthday today. Happy birthday, my friend, and, and he's going to be on the podcast coming up as, as well still. Um, just a great guy as well and just a great voice. The Michael Buffer of uh, combat sport in South Africa and just someone who's so passionate about boxing and wrestling as well. So... Happy birthday to Devin Kerr. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to my guest, the magnificent Mike Zander. So joining me right now is, well, everybody wants to be like my next guest. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Zander on the podcast with me. Mike, thanks so much for taking time uh, to be here and to have this uh, podcast interview with me. No, it's no problem at all. Anytime, dude, anytime. Thank you for having me. So you've certainly grown a lot over the last couple of months, uh, as a performer and as a, as a superstar in, in South African wrestling, I think your name has been on the lips of many people. But let, let's start at the big, very beginning for yourself. Uh, and I always ask my guests, uh, were you a fan of wrestling growing up? And, and, and if so, who were the guys that you idolized and, and watched uh, as a kid? Yeah, I was definitely was a, I was a very big fan of wrestling uh, when I was growing up. At first, uh, I just heard it from my cousins. They would tell me because I never really had a... Uh, Mnet or Supersport or anything, but as soon as it started coming on ETV, I was I was absolutely and uh like I always Stone Cold and Eddie Guerrero were always the guys that I was like these guys are the, they're the best they were they were the best in my opinion. What was it about them that that stood out to you? Oh, well, Stone Cold! I just he just seemed like such a badass. He was just like. He seemed like the kind of guy that if he was in a bar, you wouldn't want to mess with this guy. Very confrontational. I, I just, I liked everything he did. Do you see that in yourself, the confrontational side? Is there, is there a part of Mike that is that kind of guy? Most definitely. There's definitely a part of, of Mike. That's, that's for damn sure. So fast forward, um, when do you start uh, just realizing that you want to be in the business? Uh, and, and what comes first, uh, the love for wrestling or, or getting the body in shape? Because obviously a big part of, of who Mike is is, is the body. Um, was that always something that you were always interested in, in getting that physique? Uh, yeah, most definitely. I, was, uh, I, always, I always looked up to like big guys and that, like, like wrestlers and that kind of thing. Uh, but I never really... Uh, growing up was like into the gym. I played sports and those kinds of things. Like I played like soccer and cricket and those kinds of things. But I only started really like getting in into like uh, shape and going to the gym once I decided I'm gonna I want to be a wrestler, which was around 2013 2014 was when I built up the courage yeah. to to say okay I'm gonna try this. And on what age were you at that time? Uh, at that time, I was like 23 or 24. So it was, it was a bit late for you as well. So for me as well, when I when I first got, I always wanted to be part of the business and whatever, but I also quite late when I actually said, okay, let's give this a go. So where, how does your journey start? Who do you contact to, to sort of start training? Well, uh, 
at first I didn't I didn't even know there was wrestling in South Africa really. Otherwise, I would have definitely uh, tried and start earlier. But when I first uh, wanted to start, I just Googled wrestling, professional wrestling in uh, Cape Town and uh, AWA came up and uh, XWE came up as well. And it just happened that AWA had a show uh, like in the following week and I went to watch that and I was like, then I was decided I had to do it and I got in, in touch with um, Sean Kuhn. And he told me to come to the next training session. And from there, I never left. I, I, I basically, I don't think I'll ever leave. I'm, I, got, I became addicted to it. So when, when you start, um, what was the first impression that you had when you walked into the, uh, to the AWA Training Academy? Oh, it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. I, like I thought it was going to be, there was going to be a ring and all that and all the glitz and the glamour. But it was nothing like that. It was, it was basically... There were some mats on the floor in this room and Sean was there and a couple of other guys and I was like, I don't know what I was getting myself into. And like after the first day, I was like, okay, this is a bit, it's a bit intense. <laughs> and then I just decided I'm, not, I'm just going to stick it out because even, even though I thought it was a bit rough, I, I just loved it. I, I just thought I think that I, I'm, I'm going to be able to do this and do it well. So who who trained you specifically? Was it was it Sean himself? Was it Palencia? Who who trains you there? Well, at first, in like say for the first two years, I was mostly uh, Sean that trained me for the first like two, uh, the first two years, and then. Uh, later on, then uh, more I got started to get trained more by Johnny Palacio and uh, Mad Jack as well. Two two fantastic performers. Yes, definitely, definitely. Well, we'll talk about the, all of them individually uh, a, a little bit on in the podcast. But so, how long did you say you trained about two years there? When did you have your first official match? Uh, well, my first uh, official match would would have been I uh, was in uh, 2014. I mean. Yeah, I think in 2014, like, uh, we went to um, Robertson. We had a away show in Robertson. That was the first time I was ever, like, in a ring. It was a tag. It was me and Johnny Palacio versus Eddie Electric and Jacob Cooper. That, that has to show you a lot of confidence uh, in AWA, in yourself, to, to be along, among those names, uh, especially if you're looking at guys like Johnny Palacio, who's... Uh, if we sort of tear up um, the guys in AWA, it would be probably in the in the main event scene. Um, so definitely, it has to show a lot of confidence. Did you feel that the company had faith in you? Uh, yes, I did. I, I do feel like uh, they saw uh, potential, and uh, they they put me into the ring uh, quite quickly after I started. Definitely, so I do think they had a lot of faith in me. And how long uh, were you there before you got the opportunity to work uh, overseas? I was, I think. Three years, uh, I went at the beginning of 2018. So I think I was there three years, three and a half years maybe. And and talk to me about that time before we get into your time overseas. Uh, who, who did you work with there and what did you take away from that experience? I worked with uh, Johnny Palacio. I worked, I worked with uh, Vinny Vegas uh, before he was Mad Jack. I worked with Sean. Worked with uh, the Missing Link, the Oz, Ed Electric, Freak Show. Uh, basically, I mostly worked before I went to America. I mostly worked with uh, the the guys at AWA, the, the the other guys who call AWA their own, basically. So, how does the opportunity to to go over to America come across? Well, basically, uh, I have like a family friend who lives out uh, about an hour outside of Miami and they were down here for my mom's birthday one year and she just asked like are you interested in maybe coming over and trying it over there and I said yeah most definitely I would I would love to if I had the opportunity at that time I was saving uh, so that I could yeah. go over yeah and then a couple of months later she sent me a, a, a email with a couple of uh, email addresses from uh, wrestling places uh, around the area there in Florida. Yeah. 
and I emailed him and uh, FEW emailed me back, uh, JB Cool. And he was like, uh, we have a show this coming November. If you want to be on the show, you can come down, come for a couple of um, uh, training sessions and we can see what you got and you can most likely be on the show. But at that time, I didn't. I, I, I just said to him, I don't. I don't have the money at the at the moment. But if you can, uh, in in the in the near future, still give me the opportunity. I'd appreciate it. And he said, Yeah, just let, let him know. And then I think maybe I, I told my mom, and my mom told the family friend in uh, America. And then one day she just phoned me and asked me for my passport number and all that stuff, and she flew me over to America. Because I already had a visa and all that kind of stuff already uh, before. So she just basically bought plenty and said I could come live there with her uh, for, I was there for like six, seven months and basically just wrestle, go train and all that kind of thing. So I was very lucky. I'm very lucky to have a person in my life that is willing to do something like that for me because honestly, I felt like I won the lottery. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that still yeah. it doesn't make sense because yeah. I never thought that someone would do something like that for me. Well, and I mean, yeah, obviously something you're doing, you're doing right, and I think there's a lot of people, um, myself included, that can see the potential to, for you to be this um, huge star. Um, obviously, Sean and and JP and them, they've all seen it. Uh, people overseas have seen it. The, you know. They don't give you an opportunity if they didn't see or think that you would be able to take the opportunity. Talk to us about the scheduling um, and, and how, because I know when I spoke to Devin last week, um, he was talking about the schedule that they had when he was working in the United Kingdom. Talk to me about a, a ske- the schedule working in the United States with the training and things. What, what did your day look like and so on? Oh, basically, with training, um, uh, JB allowed me to come to the school uh, every day. The, the school was open uh, Monday to Friday, and he allowed me to come to the school uh, every day. And basically, you can work like, say, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Those are when you're mostly going to have your wrestling shows and that kind of thing. And if you're clever about it, you can maybe book yourself. Like, if, if say, you get booked in a town, and there's another town close by that has another wrestling show. Yeah. You can maybe contact that promoter and try and get booked on there so you can have a couple of shows over a weekend, that kind of thing. Yeah. So the schedule isn't like uh, the, the one that Devin described. Yeah. But uh, you do get you get a lot of work. Uh, compared to in South Africa, oh, yeah. basically every weekend you, you'll yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah, chalk and cheese. Uh, tell me, tell me a little bit about the, the booking of shows. I think that's something that a lot of people will be interested in. Um, obviously, is JB helping with this? Is he is he sort of getting you in touch with people? Is he marketing on your behalf? How, how did that come about, or how did it work? Yeah, now JB was. Uh, I remember one time he asked me to come with him to a show in, uh, I think it was Augusta, Georgia, and then on that trip he he told me like. Now, if I want to get any show, I must just let him know, and he'll get in touch and and see where he can get me booked. And otherwise, basically, I'll I'll just find someone's email address on the Instagram or something like that, and see if they're willing to give me uh, an opportunity. And how many shows, if you have to sort of estimate, did you work in in your time there, or the seven months? You know, quite a couple of shows from from the moment when I got there, like. At FEW, they like I remember after the the second training session, I had uh, JB came to me and he's like, they have a show on uh, next weekend, uh, and they want me on it. They want me to to be on it. I mean, I just had to get like a new pair of boots or something like that. And basically from there, you can say like uh, every weekend, like maybe if you're working very little, you once a month, but otherwise you can get. Two, two, three, four matches a month, that kind of thing. So basically, every weekend there'll be a schedule. And uh, and there's been so much stories, um, especially from independent wrestlers, which I guess you were kind of seen as uh, in there, uh, as to the different pay scales and and some guys make a living and a good, very good living from independent wrestling, and some people just barely scrape by. 
in your experience, what was the? Uh, you don't have to give specifics, but what was the money like for you uh, as a, as a somewhat of a rookie, I guess, at the time, and uh, working on that scene? Uh, for me, it, it wasn't uh, too bad, but also my experience is a bit skewed because I didn't have to worry about living experiences too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so for me, what I was getting, I was very happy with. But it, it, it was more than what I was getting here. Let's put it like that. Yeah, yeah. And obviously working more dates as well, and that's the big thing. Uh, and obviously the other thing that, that we have to take in consideration is the fact that uh, you're building up a tremendous amount of experience as well from some experienced guys. Any notable names that you had the opportunity to get to know and to work with uh, while you were working there? Uh, yeah, I met, met and worked with quite a few people. Um, uh, Elijah Burke was part of the FEW company. He came down for a couple of training seminars and he was at basically all the TV tapings and shows. Uh, I got to work with uh, Headbangers, Teddy Long, I met Vicky Guerrero. Uh, got to learn a little bit from Jimmy Snooker, Ted DiBiase. Yeah, I met a lot of people uh, that I can't uh, think of too many of them now of my head, but I met quite a few people, yeah. Yeah, and and any of those guys that you had the opportunity to, to wrestle? Uh, no, nah, not, not not any of the, not over there. I didn't get to wrestle any of the, 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 the bigger names there. I did more like the undercard matches and that kind of thing. Probably the biggest match I had was uh, the one I had at the Collision Tour uh, with Monster Tava. We'll talk about that in a moment as well. So when when your time there comes to an end, um, was it always a set plan that you were going to be there for the seven months, or was it just kind of things winding down, or, or how did how did it come about that you came back? Well, basically when you get like visa, yeah, you can stay in America for like six months at a time. Mm. And so I, I was there from January until June, and then I came back home. Mm. And uh, when I went back, uh, the the, um, the guy at the border control was like, ah, oh, you've been here for six months and you're coming uh, for another extended period of time. And so they just said, I have to leave the country within a month or they're gonna avoid my visa. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was basically, I think it was because I, I booked my ticket too far ahead of time. I didn't do it like I did when I came in the January. Yeah. Was 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 the plan for you to stay there permanently? Was that was that on the cards, or, or was this just to stay as long as you can, just to work up experience and come back? Well, basically, I went there. I, the plan would always be to see where something can lead, basically. Yeah. And I was, well, it looked like it was going in the right direction. Like uh, I feel like uh, things were going very well when I was over there, yeah. and like. The, the, the second uh, stint that I was going to be there, there were, I had uh, cultivated a lot more opportunities uh, for myself. Mm. And I wasn't able to like uh, cash in on the opportunities because I had to leave, basically. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to stay there and just see. And after it gets like, to a year of me being there, I wanted to see where I stand and what I could uh, try and do. But otherwise, I would have just came home with the experience and see what happens out here as well. Yeah. And and so when you come back, uh, who do you contact Sean and and let him know that you're back and that you'd like to re resume being on the roster or or how does that happen? Yeah, basically, well, when I found out that I had to come back, then I I just I let them know like, look, uh, this is what happened. I have to come back, and they were like, I just come back to training, and that was uh, yeah, they're just like just come back to training. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing any of us could do about it, so. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and they were very. I mean, they were they were very. AWA was very happy that I was going to America. Like, they were they they, they were ecstatic. So. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. obviously it shows the the level that they've been able to provide training, and and then for you to come back with that experience and to give that uh, proverbial rub to to some of the yeah. younger talent in the AWA locker room. So yeah, for them it was a win win. Yes, most definitely, most definitely. So, so they were very proud. 
so when you come back, who's the f- some of the first guys you then start working de- um, with when you're back? Is that again with uh, Johnny? Because I, I, I recall being at the show, seeing you wrestling with uh, Johnny. I think when I came back, the first um, match I had was against Congo. Okay. Uh, Dan, like, uh, I fought Sefi and Oz. Those were the first couple of matches I remember mm. after I came back. The one, the, I, the one thing that I remember distinctly was um, the, the match that you had with Johnny where you came out and, and you sort of uh, cut a promo uh, on how you were the next big superstar um, and and so forth. And I just thought this was going to be – this was that just a standout moment. I think w- with everybody you get like that one moment where you see someone, this is their moment that, you know, that they're going to be out of – or come out and be a star – um, and that was definitely that moment for for, for you personally. Uh, where did the where did the, the gimmick come from for Mike Xander? Was that just an extension of yourself, or was that something that you really just wanted to be different with? Nah, and, um, basically Mike Xander is it's me, it's, and it's turned up to like a hundred. It's, it's it's basically me being myself, just a little bit more extreme, uh, if you know what I mean. Who comes up with a catchphrase, everybody wants to be like Mike? Ah, Mike Zander comes up with a catchphrase, everybody wants to be like Mike. Because everybody wants to be like Mike. It's true. <laughs> what is it about Mike that everybody wants to be like? As like you said, you guys have seen the body. You've seen the face. I'm just a good looking guy. Everybody wants to be like me. They see the strength, the physique. Who wouldn't want to be like me is the question you should be asking. So... So talk about that 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 night with Johnny Palazzo, that match that you had. I'm not sure if it, if it stands out to you as a as a memorable moment, but um, I, I I think you I'm, you might have gone over that night if, if if memory serves me correctly. But I just uh, really thought that this is where where this guy is going to go and just be a main event guy. And then following that, you you get some good opportunities um, as well, being in the title picture as well. Uh, how, how did you feel when, when they came to you and said you're going to challenge for the title? No, oh, I was very happy. Uh, it was something that, like, uh, uh, I always wanted. Uh, like, it's, it's what you work for when you become a wrestler. You want to be the champ. So when they said, okay, you're going to be fighting for the, the, the championship, I was ecstatic. I was over the moon. I couldn't, like, I basically couldn't keep myself in. So then, then we work the collision tour, uh, and you you get the opportunity to to wrestle some uh, international guys as well. Um, obviously, we talked about Ma- Michael Tarver or, or Monster Tarver, as he's called now, that you work with. Um, who tells you you're going to be wrestling him? Uh, Sean. Sean basically told me that I'm I'm going to be the one that's going to be wrestling Tarver, and I did, didn't put a chink in my step. Uh, this ever comes my way, definitely, and it was a big opportunity for me. Uh, I seen him on uh, as the, a member of the Nexus and all this powerlifting things that he's been doing. Yeah. So as soon as they told me that I'm wrestling him, I was, uh, I got very excited. I was, uh, it's an opportunity that you don't think will come along in your life, but when yeah. it comes, it's, it's like that unbelievable moment. And but, yeah. And doesn't that just make you feel? like you're in that main event spot as well in terms of you're up there with with only a select few guys that would be uh, given that opportunity that, that the company and, and just in South Africa as a whole. I mean, if, if I look at all the superstars, there's, there's only a handful of guys that I'm putting in a match with an international guy like uh, a Tarver. Uh, so, re- so obviously that had to be a huge confidence boost for you as well. Oh, yes, most definitely. It- it, it definitely is a, it's, it's a big confidence boost that they have uh, that kind of faith in me to uh, to put me up with an international star and uh, make sure that I deliver. So uh, it, it, it definitely um, it makes me feel good that that they have that kind of faith in me because I, I've never I never expected uh, myself to be doing this. Basically, I never thought that I could be a wrestler as of when I was growing up. So. Yeah. With like the opportunities that I've got and uh, the, the, all the faith they've shown in me, like I, I, it just makes me very happy. I, uh, I'm I'm very glad that I started wrestling. That's for that's for sure. No, absolutely, and I think that the business is is glad to have you there as well. Um, 
So, were you happy with the match you had with 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 Tarver? I know uh, wrestlers are normally quite critical of their matches. I could have done this better if, oh, if we only did that, or or oh, we messed up here. But but as a whole, were you happy with the the match you had with Michael? And and what did he teach you? Oh uh, yeah, I'm definitely. I, I think it went uh, quite well. But like you said, like I always think, ah, I could have done a little bit more. I could have done a little bit less. It would have made things better. But that's the body of work that's out there, and I'm I'm quite happy uh, uh, with it. And then you say, what what was the second question you asked again? Uh, what did you What did you learn from working with Michael? What did he or What did he teach you? Ah, uh, he basically he, he he more taught me how to improve my promo. Uh, to make it a little bit better and a little bit more get the point across kind of thing. It was like just a zone in on the character. Yeah. Like if you, like if you watch a movie and you see someone that's cool, try and mimic that, but don't uh, make it a copy. Add your spin onto something like that. Like if you choose like Black Panther or Killmonger, be yeah. that, but be your own version of it. Still have your own genuineness, if that's a word. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's crazy to me that um, and it shows you also um, that you know despite the fact that Mike Xander is a, an egotistical guy he's also quite willing to learn uh, but to, to, to be honest with you I, one of the things that stood out to me with you has been the, your ability to, to cut a promo um, I think that that's something that quite, comes quite naturally to you uh, do you do you think as the, as the expression goes that you were born with the gift of gab uh, yeah, I kind of, I, I had to develop it. Like, I wasn't I wasn't always the best at, like, talking. I'm a, I was a very shy kid when uh, growing up. So mm. I was always the guy that's very quiet. I don't really talk to many people. Yeah. But, like, when I started wrestling, I realized that uh, the physical part is not being uh, the whole package Yes, kind of thing. So when I started wrestling, I also started uh, working on, my promo and how I would talk when I'm Mike Xander and all this kind of thing. I would get my point across and how I would portray myself as a character kind of thing. So it's something that I, I, I practice all the time because it is a little bit from my perspective. I'm always like I could do this better, could do that better, but I try my best. No, absolutely. I, I, I try com- my best. I completely understand that. I know for myself, I... The worst thing you can ask me to do is listen to myself back when I'm when I'm doing announcing or, or, or commentary. I hate it. I absolutely hate listening yeah, to myself yeah. back. Um, so critical of myself as well. Oh, I sh- did it? What did that make sense? Should I have said something else? Uh, so no, I completely understand where you're coming from uh, in that respect as well. Uh, so last week, uh, I uh, as I mentioned, I, I had a conversation and an interview with uh, Devin Shooter. And uh, he was, uh, when I asked him about younger guys coming up, uh, he sort of threw your name out there saying, maybe not you're not a younger guy in terms of your time in the business. You know, you're also close to 10 years in the business. Um, that, But certainly somebody that, that he was looking out to, to see and, and to work with. Um, talk to me about, about someone like that giving that kind of shout out to you. Um, how did that make you feel to hear that from him? No, it made me uh, it made me feel very good. I always uh, like I I admire Devin uh, quite a bit. I think I think he's very good. So yeah. to hear that coming from him, uh, it made me feel very good. I mean, I remember, I think it was like my first match that I had or something, a uh, first House of Pain match, maybe uh, that he was he was there at the show as well, and he, I remember him saying to me, just nah, just keep going and you'll be fine, kind of thing. Yeah. Yo, that feels like forever ago now, but <laughs> it now it's definitely someone that I, that I admire a lot. Yeah, the, th- the thing with Devin is he he's very critical of the business because he respects and has such a huge passion for the business. So um, he doesn't he's not always well received, um, but when he is behind somebody like I think he's behind you, he will he will support you throughout and he'll be there. You, he's the kind of guy you can call in the middle of the night. Um, for advice or whatever, and, and he'll always be be able to help you. Um, have you had the opportunity no, to, to share the ring with him? With Devin? Yeah. Yes, me and Devin, uh, we we uh, we wrestled last year, uh, beginning of last year. We had we had a match. Yes. Uh, did he give you the the double chop? 
Uff, I can't remember. I honestly can't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's, he's well known uh, he, he would do this thing where he'd say no no open up open up I'm not going to chop you and then he'd just come with two hands and just chop the crap out of your chest <laughs> it's just yeah um, no, I, I remember I remember seeing uh, like uh, Jay Cooper come come out of a match with him once and, and he just came to me and he's like yo Devin he chops really hard and he's just his handprints uh, but I can't I can't remember if he, if he gave me the yeah. double chop now, now that I think of it, I can't remember. <laughs> well, we'll have to find out. But I'd, I'd love to see you guys work some more matches as well as a, the fan in me. Uh, I think you guys would just work so well together. Uh, talk about the guys nah, thank in, the, you. in the AWA roster. And uh, is the, a lot of young guys coming up at the moment. Uh, and there's some guys that's really shown a ton of potential to me. Um, and it talks also to not just the, the guys that, that's been recruited, but also the guys in the back, and I've spoke and I've said this to, to Johnny and, and, and um, them as well. It talks about the level of training that is being provided at AWA to get guys to that level. But who are some of the young guys that sort of stand out to you right now uh, that's just on the cusp of being in that main event pitch or being great? Uh, for me, the ones that stand out is uh, uh, GTK, a uh, little hillbilly son. Yes. I Definitely a, a standout and um, Ultima Wolf 2.0 as well. Yeah. Uh, the two of them are definitely, along with Romeo Valentino, they, they stand out uh, yeah. by far as, as guys who I think can, can really do something if they, if they put in that like hard work, yeah. do all the goals and all that, and uh, accept the training that we give at AWA. Yeah. Uh, the sky is the limit for them. That's most definitely. Those are the guys that I think, uh, off the top of my head right now, is is showing some of your potential. No, absolutely. Um, with uh, Good Time Kid, um, I've just been so so impressed with him, and I actually said it on the last House of Pain. He just that that there was something about that 450, the moment uh, where he just had a moment that sort of said, "I'm here," sort of an arrival moment for him. Uh, no, I think he's going to be fantastic as well. Ultima Wolf as well. I think it had to be a little bit humbling for him uh, working with Amber, but I think he took it in stride and also just having the opportunity to work with an international, I'm sure he took a lot out of it. Oh, yeah, almost, he, he learned a lot from that match. It's a, it's, it's a very uh, uh, different style Yeah. To, to what he's used to. Yes. So, so it was something very different for him, and I think yeah, he, he handled, it, handled it very well. He, 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 so something he's never done. Before. No, he certainly did. And Amber is incredible. Yes, she's she's very good, amazing, amazing talent. Look, not to disrespect the other international guys that was there, West Briscoe and um, and Tarver, but to me, she was the standout of the international performers. Oh yeah, she definitely had the crowd eating out of the form of her hands. That's for sure. She 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 definitely had a very big connection with the crowd. That's for sure. Yeah, no, no. Hopefully, she'll be back soon. No, I, I would definitely hope so as well. Um, do you, are you still in contact with with uh, the international guys? Do you guys still speak regularly, or, or how to? Not really. Well, I speak to uh, Tava every now and then. We we, we uh, WhatsApp and all that kind of thing. I drop uh, Wes up uh, a DM every now and then. So we do speak a little bit here and there. You worked the the first match you worked on the Collision Tour was with um, Tarver. Who did you work on the second show? I forget. On the second show, I versed uh, Mr. Money. He is just oh my gosh! I absolutely love that guy. He is just the nicest human being and just a fantastic performer as well. And you talk about somebody that can work a crowd. Yes, most definitely. He definitely is one of the best crowd workers I've seen. Definitely, he's definitely a crowd pleaser. No, no, he really is fantastic, and he's doing great things uh, in Johannesburg at the moment. Um, but it's always great when he is in Cape Town just to, to be able to hang out with him uh, as well. And uh, yeah, he's going to be on the podcast coming up as well, so can't wait for that. Uh, so talk to oh, me. It's going to be a cool one, yeah. Talk to me about the guys outside of AWA. Do you follow the South African wrestling scene? Uh, I follow it here and there. There are some guys that I. Uh... I do see as like they, they stand out like um, Matthew Hammer. Oh yeah. Uh, I think is it Alessandro? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but yeah, yeah. yeah like, like I said, Devin Shooter, uh, Monre Lee, uh, Ananzi, of course, Steve Eden. Yeah. So all, they're all very good. They're all people that I, I look forward to working in the future. That's that. I definitely look forward to working them in the future. I want to uh, work a lot more people uh, coming up. Yeah, no, and definitely um, some of the names you threw out there, like I feel like I just want to send Sean a message and say, let's make this happen um, once uh, prevailing circumstances, as WWE refers to it, um, has been lifted and we can and we can put shows together again. I, I mean, can you imagine Monre Lee and, yeah, and, and Mike think, Sander? Oh, that would be amazing. It will be, be a match for the... It will be epic. Definitely it will be epic. It definitely needs to be... I think some a little bit more collaboration between federations. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, being all over the place, like if we all come together and just put the ego aside and work together to build it together, it will be good. But as it stands, things are looking like it's going in the in the right direction. I think. No, I completely agree, and and that's something that I've been I've been saying as well. I'd love I've I've worked for. Almost every promotion in the country, with the exception of AWA, and um, with the guys that are there, I'm such a big fan of, of a lot of you guys that's there, you're, yourself uh, at the top of the list there. Um, so, no, I'd, I'd kill to call, uh, or to, to whether it be commentate or ring announce, whatever, to just to be part of, of an AWA show. To me, that would be great. But but you touched on the topic of um, of unity in wrestling and, and the, the cutting that and, and getting together. Um you talked about where wrestling is going. What is your view on the state of wrestling now com- uh, compared to when you first broke into the business? Do you think it's it's in a better place? I, I think it's, it's it's moving in a in a better direction. I, I feel like uh, before I went to America, I, I always felt like it was very stagnant kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like there was like a glass ceiling that you could only get uh, learn so much. Yeah. Before you have to uh, go somewhere else, kind of thing. And that 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 was also a big reason of why I wanted to go to America because I felt like I was just like spinning my tires, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But like now, it, uh, it seems like slowly everything's heading in a little bit of an upward direction with like the opportunities that we're getting. That say five six years ago, I couldn't have even imagined that, uh, wrestling opportunities like this coming along. So. I think it's heading in the right direction, but there's still a lot of work uh, that we need to do. That's for sure. Yeah, no, we need, and the thing is, we need to, and I've, I talk about this every podcast, I feel like, but we need to get the fans really behind it. I think the more people support, the more we'll be able to do, and the more uh, we'll be able to bring down these big names and, and, and just really take wrestling to a new level here. And uh, we see a lot of new. Uh, people coming in as well like a Slam Force Africa is doing a great job as well of, of bringing a, a bigger feel and I think collaborating uh, if a Slam Force and an AWA for example were to, to do a collaboration I think they'll be great for everybody involved. It definitely will be great for everyone that's for sure like uh, AWA Slam Force collaboration would be it would definitely be what's good for business but only, only time and what will happen in the future will tell at this point uh we, uh, everything's up in the air and we're not too sure what's going to happen. Yeah. But talk, only time will tell. Talk to me about the, the, the TSW. Uh, I'm not sure, obviously, how privy you are to the information on, on, on that, but, but from your perspective, how did the partnership between AWA and TSW uh, come about? Because I think that was also something that was quite a, a highlight last year for AWA. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I think, well, for, from what I know, um, uh, Sean and... Uh, AJ's AJ's the guy who owns. He's the promoter at TSW. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean and uh, AJ's father used to work together. He, AJ's father started TSW many, many, many years ago, yeah. and AJ were, uh, decided to restart the company. And the first person that he called was Sean, yeah. and they just they struck up a partnership. Uh, from there, next thing I heard. Wes Briscoe is coming over, Michael Tarver is coming over, we're having a show at Grand West and Carnival City. So yeah, it, 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 it happened. everything happened very quickly, 
but like I, I don't know too much uh, details of how everything came about and all that but I do know that AJ and Sean they've known each other for quite a while and, and AJ wants to leave something behind for his kids so wrestling is and, and, and it's been a, a mutually beneficial relationship I think I think uh uh, for a TSW, they needed some extra talent, and for AWA, they needed that extra exposure. So I think it was just a great mutually beneficial relationship, and and uh, yeah, I think it will continue to to be that way. Uh, yes, most definitely, it will, it will definitely continue forward. Uh, as it stands, seems to be big things coming uh, on the horizon. I mean, Corona's put a lot of uh, a pause on a lot of things, but yeah. once this all has passed, hopefully everything will go back to business as usual. And we'll keep working on these big things. I wanna, I wanna play uh, the game with you. Um, so I'm gonna throw out a name to you, and I just wanna get sort of the first thing that pops into your mind, whether it's just a word or a phrase or whatever the case might be. Um, just what, what you think of when I say the name. Uh, so I'm gonna start with uh, Sean. Sean Kun. Yeah, the Lion of Africa. He's the Godfather of that one. Johnny Palazzio. That's a goat. He's the best at the moment, I think. Uh, Anansi. Anansi. It's a total package. Like he has the physique, can cut a killer promo, and can work an amazing match. I look, I look forward to uh, one day of working with him. Absolutely, Oz. Chops. That's all I can say. <laughs> Chops. It's like a real knife going through your chest. <laughs> Uh, a freak show. That's a crazy clown. Someone I don't like being in the ring with, that's for sure. Mad Jack Maverick. Ah, it's uh, what they say in the anime. Senpai. Always with the good advice. He's just a fin- He's a great worker. He's a. I think there's few people that have the passion for the business that that uh, Mad Jack has. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think that. I, well, I haven't met someone yeah. that has the passion that he has. Like, uh, and like, he's so he's technically well sound. He's just he's just good. He knows what he's doing. It's someone that you can just trust. Absolutely, and dedicated to the character. Yes, one hundred percent. He 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 don't care about anyone besides that character. Yeah, yeah, and he's and he's in character, and he plays the character exceptionally well. Exactly. Yes. Yes. 100% believable. Mr. Money. Mr. Money is one of the OGs of the game. Yeah. He also, uh, I had a couple of training sessions with him in my early days when he was still at AWA, when he still lived in Cape Town. Yeah. He came and he taught me quite a couple of things as well, yeah. Absolutely. Where does Mike Xander go from here? What Obviously, a lot of unclear things uh, under the current circumstances, but, but where does Mike Xander go from here uh, in, in maybe the rest of 2020, beginning 2021? Well, uh, like you say, this is very uncertain time, so I'm, I'm really not too sure. I had uh, a couple of things lined up that were looking very promising, but due to the circumstances at the moment, uh, things have been put on hold. But other than that, where I want to go, I want to go all the way to the top. I want to I wanna, I wanna be the best wrestler in South Africa. I want to be the one everybody talks about. Well, you're, you're doing a fantastic job on that journey. Um, yeah, and, and it's people from across the country noticing this. And where can f- people uh, find Mike online? Online, you can find me on all social media platforms. Is Mike Xander 187. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Mike, thanks so much for, for taking time to, to do this. Uh, really been a great time, and I uh, can't wait to see you back inside the ring. No, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me on the show, dude. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, man, it was a no-brainer. Uh, when when I started this thing, you you Johnny uh, Anansi were were some of the first names that that I wanted to do. So no, this was a no brainer. I huge fan, honest to gosh. Ah uh, no, thank you, thank you very, very. I really appreciate it, dude. Thank you very very much, and I like your work too, bro. I'm a big fan of your work too. Thank you so much, Mike. We'll we'll catch up again. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot. I look forward to it, dude.
Enjoy the rest of lockdown, man. <laughs> yeah, if that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to bust out my house when this is all over. Are you are you one of the guys doing the the uh, home gym videos? Are you are you doing something like that? Oh, I haven't done any videos, but I have been home gymming. Uh, I, I'm definitely keeping trying my best to stay fit uh, at home. Got a couple a punching bag, couple of um, water cans, those kinds of things. So just doing the best I can to to stay in shape. Yeah, and it's the shape that everybody wants to be because. You're damn right, and I gotta keep that shape for everybody want to be that shape. Cause everybody wants to be like Mike. You're damn right. My thanks to uh, Mike Zander for being on the podcast this week and a uh, great story of his career. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for magnificent Mike Zander. And it's great to, to have these interviews and for you guys to sort of see the the superstars behind the personas and the people behind the personas rather as well. And just their journey. Uh, I think uh, if we look at Mike, everybody just sort of thought Mike kind of had a well, I think there's not, I think everybody, but I think sure there's some people that thought that Mike Zander just sort of had the spoon fed and just sort of got everything handed to him. But no, it, it's not. He he had opportunities, but yeah, he had to take advantage of those opportunities and he had to prove himself on those opportunities. So thanks again, Mike Zander, for being on the podcast this week. Um, super great guy and just I'm a, I'm a big fan of his and I think he's going to be a mega star going forward. Can't um, sing his praises enough, but... Uh, I want to thank each and every one of you guys as well for joining us here on the podcast. If you've not yet done so, please head over to iTunes and give us a, a rating. Give us a like there. Um, it really helps us get out there. And I want, I, want, I want to grow this thing. I want to really do something great with this podcast. And for the superstars of SA Wrestling, uh, what you guys didn't hear was after the interview, um, uh, Mike and I, uh, we just chatted as, as two friends for a couple of minutes as well. And and I just sort of shared with him the vision that I have for this podcast and that I want it to be big and that I want it to help the superstars as well as myself. And, and it's fun for me and, and it's great to give you guys something to, to uh, listen to um, during the lockdown period as well, um, where many people are at home and don't have much to do. Um, maybe you've exhausted those uh, series and movies. So here we go. Pop in the extra or pop on the uh, podcast here. And um, just listen to the stories of these great superstars. And once they can perform for you guys again, please go out and support them. We need all of your support to make wrestling great again in this country. And we're on the right track, as uh, Mike pointed out as well. Uh, yeah, great things coming in the future for professional wrestling in this country. And I can't wait to be part of it and to see how it continues to grow. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the podcast. Thanks again to all of you for joining us. Stick around. Stay tuned onto my social media platforms to see who's coming up next. Um, I may have some surprises for you guys. I'm in talks with some superstars and some legends as well uh, to be on the podcast. So I can't wait to, to share that with you. But as I said, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Please stay safe. Stay at home. Uh, as uh, my friends at Rockstar Wrestling is saying, be a superstar, stay safe, stay home, save lives in this time. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, our tomorrows aren't guaranteed. So if you can live for today, give us someone a special a video call or, or just even a normal call. Just tell them that you are still in thinking about them. You're still in their lives. Um, I'm sure it'll make a big difference. But we'll catch you down the road again with another edition of the podcast with your super favorite superstars.